Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast, back on its regular Saturday schedule for one week only. Because July is going to be a weird month. So next week, I have a graduation party I need to attend to on Saturday, and I can't be up until like 3 in the morning working on this. And the week after, from the 20th to the 22nd, I will be at KitsuneCon in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So that episode is going to come at you actually... Much earlier than anticipated if work doesn't get in the way. Or it might not. You never know. Because, again, work. So, with that little disclaimer, uh, we are going into the episode so interesting. Now, we begin in the park. Everyone is taking a nap except Minka who is making a sculpture out of the parts of fruit that you don't usually eat. Vinny is asleep on a branch and then because he's sleeping he has no control and falls off onto Minka's statue. Minka chastises Vinny for this and he says oops. Minka then says she has to start over and Vinny says I said oops what more do you want? Which is a good line. There are a lot of good lines in this episode, and I guess, spoiler alert, this is just going to be one of those good episodes where I don't diverge onto too many tangents, hopefully. I did write some in there, but they're brief. And I didn't write that one, so... Back to the episode. Uh, Everyone else wakes up, and Zoe says that they've done practically everything except eat the blanket they came in on. And is very bored. Blythe then says that they should tell uh, the most interesting stories that uh, have happened to them. Pepper starts and begins with the line, It was a dark and stormy day. And Vinny says, I like it already. Pepper then tells the story of how she and her owner were on a bus. And uh, if who I think is her owner is her owner, her owner is very French. Like, very French. I mean, it's a little weird how French he looks. Because, like, I mean, I get the association. Like, Pepe Le Pew is French and he's a skunk, but, like, maybe don't, like, associate all skunks with Pepe Le Pew because he's kind of problematic and that was the entire point of his character. But, you know, like, who who ever rooted for Peppy Le Pew, honestly? Like, I was always rooting for the dang cat to get away from him, because, like, dang, Peppy Le Pew is aggressive. Like, who, 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 who roots for Peppy Le Pew? I, uh, I'm... <laughs> I am on this tangent now that I did not write in. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to the episode. (laughs) So an old lady on the bus uh, is fumbling about. She sets her purse down. And then at her stop, she accidentally picks up Pepper thinking it's her purse. 
and then that's where Pepper ends the story, but Zoe demands to hear how she got back. Now, Pepper breezes through this part, but um, the joke is it's the more interesting part, and I'm sorry if you're blind and are going through this podcast, but, like, that's the whole thing. But, like, the rest of the story is as follows. She was let go by the old lady who was screaming. Uh, She ran off. She got picked up by someone who took her on a cruise ship to the Bahamas. She was left in the Bahamas, snuck onto a different cruise ship, took a detour to Greenland, caught a ride on a hot air balloon, and made her way back from there. That was all from memory. I think I missed one other thing, but I didn't want to rewind. Although I inadvertently did for other things, but whatever. Anyway, Blythe asks who wants to go next, and everyone but Penny is volunteering, but Blythe chooses Penny anyway. Penny is very nervous about this. And uh, after the theme song, Blythe uh, asks again, and Penny deflects going. And then Zoe volunteers and introduces us to a main player in uh, this story. (coughs) Juan Jorge Jose. Uh, Blythe comments on how he is the dog that does flips for dog treat commercials. Blythe says that he's adorable, which Zoe kind of agrees with. And Zoe says that they met on a commercial shoot and that he fell in love with Zoe, but then so did the camera. Uh, He wanted her to run off to Hollywood with him so he could be a star and she be a stay-at-home mom with a litter of puppies. But she refused because she likes modeling, which is good. Juan sounds like a Pozovich. If he just if he just wanted you to be a stay-at-home mom. But like, come on. Why can't she be a model in Hollywood too, Juan? What? Yeah, okay. There are all I we how far are we in we're like less than 10 minutes in and we're already talking about two problematic male animals uh this is fun we're go- we're going to get out of this quickly but um let's see next vinny tells his story he says uh he took a train ride all the way across the country no one is impressed until Vinny brings in the detail that Vinny was stuck to the train by his tongue instead of riding in it. Everyone is impressed, and Pennyling gets a little more depressed by the sound of these interesting stories. So, Pepper asks Minka to tell everyone about how she painted the king. Minka is excited about this story, and does so. So Minka tells everyone about how she got to stay in a palace because her owner is the cousin of a cousin of a cousin to the king. So, which king, you might ask? It doesn't really matter because it's 
is for a joke, but I, I did do some research on this. And if I were to put a king to it, it would have to be a European king because the castle and the make of everything looked European. And my guess would be Carl XVI Gustav of Sweden. But that's if we had to put a king to it, which we don't, because, you know, that's... that's the, the point of the joke is not to know who the king is, but to know that they are a king. So, she entered the king's throne room because they were eating in there for whatever reason, and she wanted to look at the food before they got to eat. And she accidentally spills some punch on the king, and I guess that's one of the colloquial differences in this universe. On the East Coast with Littlest Pet Shop, not wine is punch, and on the West Coast with Ace Attorney, not wine is grape juice. I guess it's, you know, one of those colloquial things. Either way, I, I prefer grape juice, although I'm in the Midwest, and I don't even know what that would be. Um... Then again, I haven't really... I don't think Phineas and Ferb had fake wine in it at all. So I, I guess they say adults just drink wine there. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the episode, Minka then decided that since the stain looked so good on the king, she had to finish painting the rest of the king. So she took the food that was on the table and threw it on the king and claims it as one of her greatest masterpieces. Penny seems very worried because all of these stories are interesting and she doesn't seem to have any interesting stories of her own. Blythe offers Penny to go and she first tells a story about how one time food got stuck in her teeth and she eventually got it out, which no one's impressed with. So then she tells a story about how she thought she saw a snake but didn't. And like everyone's saying, come on, you have to have an interesting story. But then Penny breaks down in tears and says that she's just not interesting. Counterpoint this entire show. And it, even in like Dumb Dumbwaiter, she did that whole weird stunt that uh, to get out down from. Blythe's apartment stealthfully which is interesting but I mean I guess outside of the events of the show uh, she doesn't really think of herself as interesting and probably does have a few self esteem issues which were touched upon when she trusted Russell blindly until he went full panic mode in Blythe's big idea, and we're at the 11 minute mark, and we've talked about three problematic male animals. <sighs> Yay! Anyway. <laughs> so, Blythe realizes that uh, something is wrong, and then we cut back and we're at the pet shop, and Blythe is comforting Penny Lang. Uh, Penny says that she just feels left out because everyone has interesting stories, and she doesn't, and... I don't know, she just feels like she's not interesting. 
Uh, Blythe says that she does have an interesting tale to tell. That word is important. And uh, she'll tell it when she's ready. So I feel like Blythe's heart is always in the right place. But uh, she might not go about expressing that the right way. Because like, I, I get what she's trying to do. She's trying to say that, like, oh, Penny Ling does have an interesting story. You, you, you're okay. You're, you're like the rest of us. Like, like she's trying to comfort her. Like, but like, if she didn't, if she really didn't, like that, that's not going to be much comfort. Like, like, or like the old saying goes. Uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, you know, Blythe is a teenager, and thus the very embodiment of that saying. Because, <laughs> like, like w- when you think on your teenage years, or at least when I do, I think I could have been nicer in some ways. I could have done more... But I'm a teenager and I'm stupid and I don't know the more I could have done. And, you know, I feel it's how all teens are. Because, like, you're, you're trying to deal with yourself and what you mean to everything and everyone else's too. And it just it's a complicated mess. And, you know, you could be as nice as po- as you possibly can be, but sometimes you're just not terribly nice when you don't mean to. And if you mean to be nice. It's, it, it's just a thing that I've been thinking about recently. I don't know. I'm, I'm turning 25 this year. It's just... I know that doesn't sound terribly old, but, like, dang, high school was, like, almost ten years ago for me. I don't know. It's it's just something I've been thinking about. And this is a good example. Back to the episode. <sighs> Sorry about that tangent. Back to the episode. Um, Penny hears the word tail... And you can see the gears turning in her head when she asks, You mean like a fairy tale? And then Blythe says, Well, some stories can be so good it could be like a fairy tale. Which is very willfully ignorant (laughs) on your part, Blythe. It's very willfully (laughs) ignorant at best. So, Pennyling tells Blythe about the time she met the Green Bean Fairy Queen. Blythe is confused, and Pennyling explains that the Green Bean Fairy Queen gave her a hug and made flowers grow out of her hair. Which, just since she's covered in fur, should be everywhere. But... You know, we'll 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 get to that. <laughs> Blythe 
sees the interesting potential in this and goes to get everyone else. So then uh, Blythe comes back and Sunil and Russell are confused and disappointed that they missed the park outing because they missed a bunch of interesting stories. Blythe then says that they won't miss this interesting story and uh, asks Penny Ling to tell it. Penny Ling tries to play it off as saying she probably told the story hundreds of times already. But Blythe then asks if anyone remembers the story about a green bean fairy queen who can make flowers grow out of your hair. And the pets say no. So Penny Ling says that was a bit odd, but she's used to it because she grew up with fairies. Russell asks what she's talking about, and Penny Ling starts at the beginning. Okay, from this point onward, the episode is mostly going to be me telling a story of Penny Ling telling the story. So, if it seems odd, uh, just just go with it. And maybe just watch the episode, because, like... Like, as as good as I can do, I don't think I can do this episode justice. <laughs> uh, so, Penny explains that she was born in the forests of Galloway, which is a real place in Scotland, actually. I did not know that until looking it up. But then again, I'm not Scottish. <laughs> If you said in the forests of, like, Yosemite, I would probably know what that is. Well, I would, actually. But that's neither here nor there. So, uh, every morning, the fairies, played by Minka and Zoe, would bring her bean juice. Pepper interrupts and is confused. Penny explains future bits of the story, but I won't say them, and they, the pets, like I did until this viewing, kind of forgot about it. So it doesn't matter if I tell you either way. So, uh, and then continues. Pepper is more confused, and Zoe and Vinny just want her to be quiet so they can hear more of the story. Penny describes life in the forest and says that the fairies were friendly and played games and helped the green beans grow, and just lived a peaceful life. And we see bits of that. And uh, Penny, being not a fairy, is just there, because she was born there or something. Anyway, Penny says that uh, they tried to teach me fairy things like flying, but I was much better at falling. That's just a good lie. <laughs> That's a very good line. So one day, though, the water stopped flowing and everything turned brown. The fairies deduced that someone stole the watering stone. Russell asks what that is, and Penny explains that it's a magic stone that produces water for the waterfall, which Russell gets. The fairies accuse the goblins of stealing it and decide to go out to war with them. Penny intervenes and agrees to go to them and use diplomacy to get the stone back. Which, I guess, is a cultural thing. Like, fairies just go to war 
whenever, but I guess Penny has diplomacy on her side, so whatever. Uh, since the goblins live on a mountain, the fairies thought she couldn't do it, but Penny was filled with determination. The fairies did give her a fairy outfit for the travel. Penny climbs the mountain, and at one point she finds a gap. She sees a branch and uses her ribbon for ribbon dancing to wrap around the branch and swing across with it. She then makes it up the mountain and is confronted by the goblins, played by Vinny, saying, na 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 Penny says that that's mean, and the goblins say that we're goblins! <laughs> Which is just good. I, I like... I. If you can't tell, I really like this episode. (laughs) Anyway, Penny begins her plea, but the goblins say that they won't talk to her until she passes a test. She asks what kind of test, and they answer that it is a dancing test. Penny says that she just climbed a mountain. Can she get a break or something? But the goblins say that if she fails... She will have to go back down the mountain. And Pennyling says, seriously? And the goblins say that the only talking they want is the talking with her feet. So Pennyling concedes, brings out a ribbon, and does an eloquent ribbon dance for them, which they are very taken with. Three different goblins hold up a score stone and they each read 9, 10, and 62. So, 62 seems to be a weird number. So I decided to look it up to see if it meant anything. It, it probably doesn't, but the most significant things I've discovered is that uh, if you use the American date system... 91062 would be September 10th, 1962. And that was the day when Justice Hugo Black struck down segregation at the University of Mississippi for a student named James Meredith. And if you use the other system where it just it might make more sense on paper, but when you're using it to communicate oral information it doesn't that's neither here nor there i had a big discussion with this on a discord i'm on but again neither here nor there 9 is october 9th 1962 and that was the day you gone to gain independence so good all around i guess even if it doesn't mean anything <laughs> so <laughs> after she finishes the dance everyone was taken in by it and they like it and she asks for the watering stone the goblins say they don't have it and they wouldn't take it they love green beans they're so versatile penny then hears a voice saying what you seek is not here she then turns around to see a mystic played by Sunil, and he repeats himself penny asks how he knows what she seeks The mystic says that he was listening and he was right over there. And then he says, he who listens is wiser than he who speaks. And the goblins comment more like he who eavesdrops. 
Yeah, rude. <laughs> I really like this episode, guys. Anyway, um, the mystics say that to find the watering stone, you need to find the one who hates the beans of green. Penny Ling says that he speaks in riddles, and he responds with, Like the reason the chicken crosses the road is known only by the chicken and not by the road. And the goblins are like, we gotta write this down. This is gold. Uh, Penny Ling asks to be taken to the one who hates the beans of green. And the mystic asks, are you brave enough to fight beasts who breathe fire? Demons who drip acid and monsters who smell like rotten bologna and bananas. Penny answers yes. And the mystic says good because it won't be that bad. <laughs> Which, you know, girl power. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of the guys would want to take on that thing. But Penny is like, yeah, I'll save an entire village for that. You know, girl power. Is what I'm saying. Anyway. So. They go to the desert. And they are in a raging sandstorm. Penny is confused about where they're going. The mystic speaks in more riddles. And about how he's not taking her anywhere. You're taking yourself. I am just walking in front of you. In the same direction. Penny Ling asks him to just stop doing that they get to a random spot in the desert and the mystic asks her to take one more step so she does and then asks now what the mystic says now you will meet your destiny penny falls through the sand and the mystic calls down saying don't worry you'll be fine and say hi to her for me penny ling says that after that everything became dark. But then we're interrupted because Mrs. Twombly opens the door and calls on everyone to go home. The pets are disappointed, but Blythe says that Penny can finish her story tomorrow. Penny is delighted that people actually want to hear her story, and the rest of the pets are discussing what could happen next. Sunil and Russell still think it's the goblins, but Vinny sticks up for them. And you know what? As obvious as that is, I still like it. I think it's clever, even if it is obvious. <laughs> Those two are opposites, sure, but I think I like it. Anyway, so then the next day, Mrs. Twombly is vacuuming the pet area while the pets are staring at the doorway waiting for Penny. Blythe walks in and says hi to Mrs. Twombly. Twombly remarks on the nature of the pets being here and diligently waiting. Blythe says that they're waiting for something, all right. And then Penny Ling comes in and everyone moves and is waiting to hear the end of the story. So Blythe picks Penny up and assures her that everyone can't wait for you to finish your story. Which, good job at getting better, Blythe. You always get better by the end. <laughs> Even even if you're not great at it the first crack, but like you're a teenager and that's that that's how this goes. Anyway Uh Pepper begs her to finish the story and Zoe says that she barely slept last night because she wanted to know the end and oh boy 
I have a similar, similar story, and I don't think I can get over it. At least not for a while still. And, like, this was... This was, like, eight years ago, actually, but I'm still not over it because of how incredibly dumb it was. So just just quick tangent about this because, like, I absolutely just can't get over this. So before the first day of school, junior year, I'm watching the second last episode of Doodarara the the first season and like it ends and then my mom tells me to go to bed and I'm like no I, I want to watch one more episode just, just one more episode she says no and I just I just have to go to bed whatever I go to bed I wake up one hour later and just I can't get back to sleep I just can't eventually at like I don't know, 4 in the morning, 4.30 maybe, whatever. My mom gets off the computer that I was using to watch Dura-ra-ra on because she was working on, like, uh, school stuff because she's a teacher, but that's neither here nor there. And I, I get it, and I finally watch the last episode. I get back into bed and then wake up one hour later and so I go to my first day, junior year, on two non-consecutive hours of sleep. There. That, that is pretty much my dumbest sleeping story. Maybe not my... No, it is my dumbest. There, there's plenty. I'm a college student. That is... That that sleeping schedule gets super dumb, but that it does not get dumber than that. Anyway, so <laughs> back to the episode. Vinny says to not leave anything out, and Blythe says it's the best story she's ever heard, which I guess is a very big compliment. <laughs> so Penny tries to remember where she was, and then she begins the story again, but they say they were past that. And then she begins at the climbing of the mountain, but they say she already did that too. And they ask her to skip to where she got stuck in the sand. So Penny thought she was a goner, but she was lucky enough to land in an underground prison. So we question series of the word lucky here, and Penny says it's better than being buried alive in sand, which is true. Penny tries to open the door, but then a voice tells her not to. Then a plunger arrow strikes the door, and Penny wonders who that was. The voice says it's the face in the fire, and he appears, played by Russell. He says that getting used to him, you know, being a fire spirit and all, being basically Calcifer, but I think it's funny that Russell says, hey, you have to get used to me, but, you know... Which is probably true, because he's kind of problematic. Anyway. So. Uh, he asks if he, she is looking for the crab witch. Penny asks if she's the one who hates the beans of green. The face in the fire says, probably. She's very crabby, and if there's any hating going on, it's probably being done by her. Uh, Penny asks where 
uh, the crab witch is, and the face in the fire says that she's behind the door, but it's booby-trapped. Penny tries it and says she doesn't see any booby traps, but then a rock swings down, but Penny dodges it, and the rock uh, swinging down opens the door, and the face in the fire says, well, that's convenient. So then Penny ventures down the cavern with a torch that is lit with the face in the fire. So Penny sees a light at the end of the tunnel, and when she goes to it, she sees the watering stone in a case. She goes for it, but she is stopped by a visit from the crab witch, played by Pepper. Penny says that we've come to take back the watering stone, and the face in the fire says, hey, leave me out of it. The crab witch calls her a green bean lover and says that I can't stand them. And Penny says, just because you don't like green beans, that means you have to take away the watering stone and keep it locked up. And the crab witch says, yes, because I'm crabby and a witch. So Penny asks if she hates all vegetables or just green beans. The crab witch says it doesn't matter because she's now going to keep Penny as a prisoner and then laughs maniacally. But Penny says something to the effect of, that's not what you think, and then throws the torch with the face and the fire on it at the case that has the watering stone, and the case breaks. Penny grabs the stone, and the crab witch yells at her about how that display case was her mother's. Penny runs back through the tunnel, and the crab witch gives chase. Penny trips a trap, and plunger arrows start coming out, but she avoids them. Well, the crab witch gets hit with them and wonders why she set these traps up in the first place. So Penny climbs out of the hole in the desert and then makes her way back to the goblin camp where she tells them she has the stone. She falls off the cliff and the goblins are worried, but the fairies are there and come pick her up. Penny says she won't forget them and they won't forget her either, but they can't remember her name. So Penny places the watering stone at the top of the waterfall and water rushes back down and brings green back into the valley of green beans. The fairies thank Penny and Penny ends the story there but Minka asks about getting a hug that made flowers grow out of your hair. Penny remembers that and says that was the best part. So a giant flower bud drops down and it blooms and it reveals the green bean fairy queen herself played by Blythe. The queen commends Penny for her efforts and says that she will be there when she needs her. All she has to do is say her name. She then gives Penny a hug and Penny grows a flower crown. And that's the end. So Blythe says she really liked the story and thought it was interesting. Pepper, though, is suspicious because of course she she was the witch in all of this. I like it. I like this. I think it's clever, even if it is somewhat obvious, but it's so good. I love it. Anyway, uh, she asks Penny to call on the Green Bean Fairy Queen right now. Penny tries to back out of this, but then admits that she just made it up as she went along. However, instead of being depressed, everyone is impressed and they agree that being able to do that makes penny ling interesting 
Winka says she was going to do something else today, but she wants to hear another story. And then Penny says, if you insist, and begins a new story. This one about a planet of rock and dust light years away from Earth. And on that planet was a pet shop. And thus ends the episode. (laughs) So, like I said previously, I really like this episode. And you can tell by how really short this episode is. Because I just, I'm just jamming through it. But like, it's just a fun episode. And it kind of leads into, uh, like, its weirder side while also balancing it with its more serious side it's it it does the blend well and i love episodes that do that and this is a great great episode and i just i just like it because it doesn't have to care about being cemented in the real world because it it isn't even though it probably could be based on the events of Day at the Museum. No, I'm not getting over that anytime soon. I held on to something for eight years and let it all out, and I'm still going to hold on to it. Even after that, I am definitely not letting go of Day at the Museum. (laughs) But we're talking about this episode, so interesting. And because it's just removed from reality, it can do all of this really interesting stuff and one thing I noticed this time around or noticed more clearly anyways is that it just like it it lampshades a lot of the tropes that this type of story plays on like like at every turn like someone is questioning like a decision but it all makes sense in context, Stephen. And it's great. It is a, just a really good episode, and I don't think I can say much more. So just just go watch this episode if you're if you're following along and like, oh, this show's dumb. Just just watch this episode. If you don't watch any other episode, just watch this episode. I love this episode. And I am sad to see it leave because that is it for this episode of the Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they want to find the watering stone. And be sure to tune in next time for when we go over the episode to Paris with Zoe. I will see you then.